Judy Van Sale. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. And in this episode, I'm gonna have a conversation with Judy. She's our logistics manager here at Wild Eye, manages the logistics team. And over the last few years, she has played pretty much every role in logistics from scheduled departures, private guiding, she's managed the Mara, she's done everything else. She's managed some of our kind of staff welfare um, movements, which is great. And I've known Judy for a long time, great friend, phenomenal part of our team, and uh, I hope you enjoy this one. And we've just started, so. Oh, okay, great. Yes. <laughs> How's things in the logistics team? Yeah, good. Like a vibe, eh? Mm. Yeah. I think everyone had a good break. T had her first break. Well, not her first break. She's had her first decent break, basically, mm. since she started here. Yeah. So she's got a great energy going. Um, yeah, it's like her. It's like her to have a new face as well. Randy's mm. just slotted in. As Power she's energy, been, hey? Yeah, she's great. It's almost as if she's been here for like six months already she's when i was talking to her yesterday it's like you, we need to put her on camera more yeah she is phenomenal on camera yeah like really really just good. don't boost her too much like she no no she must like calm down rain. for now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> she needs to stick around a while <laughs> yeah and tell me so we're just going to jump in so a couple of weeks ago we we had that meeting where candace was crying the whole time oh yeah yeah so without digging too deep and I've said this to you, Han, now as well, when I was talking to him, something happened there. And I'm not sure what it is, but there's something there that you want to bottle and keep. And then the next day we have a presentation and a bra and everything. What would you do moving forward to keep that? Knowing it's not going to, there are days we're going to fight, we're going to shout and scream and people are going to have bad days. Mm-hmm. How do you move forward from something like that? It's hard, AG, because I think people made themselves vulnerable in Very. that little get-together. And... I think what I took from it maybe is that everybody in there is just a human. Mm. We are just humans. We walk into this office and we think we are machines and we are the shit because we just operate. But everybody comes in here carrying their own history, their own story, their own challenges, their Mm -hmm. own fights. And I think, like for me, moving forward, if I face a conflict with you, for Mm. instance, Mm. I think I need to remind myself, you know what, Jerry's... Also, just a person, he might be dealing with his own shit in the background. Let's just take a step back and consider what he might be feeling and going through. So, like, I don't know. That, that's sort that of takes a huge amount of EQ, which everybody doesn't have always. Yeah, it's tr- tough. True, true story. But I think if we had to practice it, the more we practice it, maybe the easier it's going to No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 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 So, I, th- I think that's what I took out of it. Because, no, yeah, you, like you said, mm. you can't bottle it. You can't... Wish you, if Take you could. a little picky and put it up somewhere. It's not, it's not going to have the same effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because, I mean, I've known a lot of these people for more than 10 years. And listening to stuff, it's like, wait, what? Mm. It's, and I think that the, I don't know. You could even try and recreate something like that. I'm not sure it would work the way you think it's going to mm-hmm. work. But, yeah, something happened there and it's, there's an X. And I was speaking to someone, Nick, from the Chicago photography classes. And they have something similar. When you walk in there... The people, because there's a lot of students around always, they lecture. There's an X factor. Yeah. But the, it's almost like the moment you give it a name, it disappears. It's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. Just to kind of, but that that's a goal. For, and I said to Jan, that's a goal for me. It's when you try and harness that as much as possible. Because it's early days in the year and there are challenges already with Mara and end of year financials, whatever the case is. But still, it's there's something special though. Yeah, 100%. 
And I think the second day when you were doing the resilience with mm. us and filling the gaps and stuff, uh, it's just, I hope the penny dropped again. Like I think sometimes businesses get, get so trapped in fast forwarding and mm-hmm. achieving goals and stuff that they sort of forget where they came from. And I'm speaking generic here. Sure. <clears throat> but for us, we are a people's organization. Internal, external, everything. 100% mm. internal, open office people. Mm. Um, when we go on trips, our guides are hosting people. Mm-hmm. When we are putting trips together, itineraries, we are dealing with people. people. Mm. So I think for us, that X factor is just, I mean, if you look at the characters in the office, that <laughs> I doubt anybody here was employed given their CVs and their skill sets and stuff like that. Mm. It was... It was based on who you are it's and energy. what you can bring to the team. Yeah, mm. I remember saying to someone at some stage, and look, it's changed a little bit now, but at one stage, I think the first time we actually looked at CVs for guides was when we were looking for, when we found Matt, Luke, and Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple, no. His CV wasn't, I mean, I met him and I thought <laughs> Straight that's Straight out it. of school. 100% pretty much. <laughs> but every other guide was, we asked for CVs almost afterwards. Mm. And I remember John and, and I had one or two interviews in the past where at the old office we're sitting at the desk and the interview person walks in. Before they reach the desk, we've looked at each other and you just, let's There's have nothing. coffee because nothing's coming from the, this. It's empty, yeah. So um, it's no secret, obviously Randy came through mm. um, a recruitment agency, but they did send us some interesting people before that as well. And it's like you say, you can almost gauge mm. if they're going to mould with yeah. the culture yeah. before they even step yeah. into that boardroom. Do you think it's difficult for someone coming into an office like this? Because people, I mean, most people who watch or listen to this rather would know we have big personalities in mm-hmm. there. People are very passionate. They're very, which can sometimes come across as explosive. And do you think it's difficult for someone coming in? <clears throat> I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, let, let's take... Let's take Candace because I mean mm. it's open cards. Yeah. yeah, she's she's got a good heart and but she's got a, a softer personality, mm-hmm. right? So maybe last year for her, stepping into this explosive <laughs> office of ours yeah. might have been a lot um, more challenging mm-hmm. f- um, than say someone like myself or mm. you or mm-hmm. um, Tanya. She was struggling um, in one stage. She was, because it's overwhelming, G. I mm. mean, our personalities are big. Yeah. Our ambitions are big. And yes, um, a much more soft-spoken person just try, just trying to do a job, mm. basically. So yeah, I think I think it can be hard. But fortunately, as, as explosive as we are, we're very supportive as well. I mm. mean, at any stage, I could go to any one of our team members, yeah, and ask for help or ask mm. for support. So, and, yeah. so with someone like Candice, what changed? Because, I mean, Johan was saying over the weekend, mm. and, I mean, people have echoed this, that in the last four, maybe six months, like the last couple of months of last year into now, she's changed. And she's come out, I mean, the way she's been pushing Randy and helping Randy and stuff, what's changed for her? Maybe she's just found her rhythm. I think everybody beats at a different rhythm, mm. different pace. You think the change of portfolio helped? Yeah, I think the change of portfolio as well. Maybe it fits her better. Um, yeah, I think everyone's just got their own pace and own sort of strategy and rhythm and style of mm. doing things. And maybe she's just found yeah. her way. Yeah. I think with her being given the Mara, because she used to be scheduled tours. Mm-hmm. Now she's managing the Mara, which is... And anybody, anybody knowing us or walking into the office will know the Mara is a pretty fucking big deal, yeah, right? 100%. And for her to suddenly take control of that is... It shows that we trust her enough, and that might be what she needed. 
I think so. <coughs> Sorry. I also think like the Mara, it, you'll get me emotional because we, we've all, those that have been to the Mara will just know. <laughs> but the Mara is our baby and mm. the, the people that she's going to be dealing with, Billy, Dixon, mm. Soiler, that is going to add so much value to her life personally as yeah. well, not only in the business yeah. side of it. And I'm, I'm just super excited. Have you for prepped her for that? I have. As much as one can. I try to keep a dry <laughs> eye. <laughs> we were actually sitting here in the studio and I was yeah. talking to her about the Mara before she made a decision. Yeah. And I just said to her, you know, Candace, um, I can't tell you what to do. But from personal experience, I have grown personally mm. just by dealing with that mm. amazing East African team that we have. Mm. It is a very special thing. Yeah. It's, And again, it's almost, and this is, like after this now, after we finish here, I've got a meeting with the guys on a Mara marketing campaign. I put together a big document last night, sent it through. But again, it's very difficult with something like a Mara product. I can say to you, there's 10 tents. It's on the banks of the river. There's Maasai. Mm. There's Dixon. There's Gin and Tonics. There's Lions, Crossings, whatever. But it's still, the whole is still bigger than the sum of the parts. Mm. And for some, and I don't know if it's because of our involvement. I don't know if it's just because serendipitous that it happened that way. Mm-hmm. But... It's a strange thing. You almost, again, don't want to pry at it too much. Just accept that it's a special thing and run with it. Yeah. If you're gonna, I think if you try and quantify it down to the what it is that makes it work, you're going to lose something. Yeah. It's soul food. I think mm. it's just soul food. Like, I was there with Evan. Evan's done a couple of podcasts yes. with you. I changed to him this morning, by the way. He I says hi. <laughs> yes, I was saying to him on the way in. <laughs> and, um, like, he was also just saying like for him it was just a life-changing eye-opening experience i mean he said that multiple times mm. as well and he's not the only one there's been hundreds of guests that have just said you know yeah. things are just so simple mm. in the mara and why can we not take mm. that simplicity and just transfer yeah. it to our daily lives you know what it is it's and i'm going to jump watch this link it's there's something about being real in life yeah and the mara is real even i remember when we um i was on his first week and it was a small group as well. And it was him and a couple. And his thing was always elephants. Mm-hmm. And in his first elephant sighting, he was crying. And he said to us ahead of us, just brace yourself. And we had this big herd walking past. It's very real. And now I wonder how many people that have gone to the Mara, not, not us included, I've bawled my eyes out, but have cried in the Mara. Because yeah. there's something that taps into you on a real level. Yeah. Now, you've been watching Shit's Creek. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you? You, David. <laughs> You, David, oh. it's in episode f- uh, season four somewhere. There's, and this is also real, and that, this got to me. I was like very emotional watching this shit. But it was where, so, so David has his store with Patrick. Yes. And then they do the open mic night. Yes. And David's like, oh my God, you can't do this. And, and then Patrick serenades him yes. as the first song, and he sings Simply the Best, which is a great acoustic version. The realness in David there, where he's this socially awkward, socially anxious and how he opens up and then Moira, his mom's over the shoulder. And I, I watched an interview with, with um, what's his name? Uh, Dan Levy, the actor, yeah. about this. Moira in that scene broke into tears and it wasn't supposed to. So oh, really? what you see there is, is it's real. But at the end of the episode, when David says something in the line of, consider this my olive branch, and he lip syncs Tina Turner simply the best. That is probably for me one of the most emotional scenes. I'm like, for someone like that, yeah. To be so real, yeah. And then David's still saying, you know, they can see you, right? It's like a, it's but, like a thing. But that scene almost the felt realness. 
it almost felt as if it wasn't supposed to be aired because even their camera work was, yeah. I wouldn't call it sloppy, mm. but it wasn't it was as rough. streamlined yeah. as the other episodes. So yeah. I must actually send you the link where he talks about it. Dan, the, the actor who oh, plays yeah. David Rose. And him and Noah, the actor who does Patrick, they smashed a bottle of Prosecco halfway. <laughs> and, and when they came up with the idea of that scene, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And David can lip sync and it's so funny and this and that. And he said he woke up the next morning and was like, what the fuck did I just do? Because <laughs> he, he, that's not him in the real life. He says, this is not him. And then for the episode, he then messaged Noah. Noah's actually on Spotify. Really good, like chill vibe music. I haven't music. seen him before this, yeah. So I found him because of this. And he then said to Noah, listen, this is the idea. So can you, are you willing to do a, a version of this mm. and then we can air it or do you want someone to come in and we'll do this mm. and he can do it no 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 he'll do this so he says about a week or so later one night he gets a message from Noah on, on thing and he says listen is this what you have in mind and he sings this thing on a message so Dan David Rose says uh, this is in the real world now he says um, <laughs> he went really dark because as a single person about to go to bed and hug his dog uh, for someone to send you something like that yeah. he was like oh my god that's perfect and then when they realized that he had to record that lip sync thing, yeah. he he was petrified. He says, mm. it's not him. But you could see it in the scene. You could see yeah. he was uncomfortable so, and out of place. Yeah, <laughs> they smashed a bottle of Prosecco and then they just went into it. Yeah. And he, they did the one take. It was mostly one take and there was one or two things. But when he finished the first round, the, the director, some of the camera people were crying. And he's like, oh, man, did I mess up that bad? And people are like, you know what? Something just happened. But that's the X factor. That's yeah. the realness. There's, yeah. a something, there's something that happens in a scene like that mm. and at the Mara camp and what happened here yeah. that you can't, you cannot decipher it. You can't and you can't orchestrate it. And do you think you can chase those moments, though? Because you have no. to put yourself in a situation. You've got to put yourself out there and you have to move past preconceived ideas and beliefs. Yeah. You can't make it happen. You can't chase those moments that are going to happen. If you put yourself out there. If you put yourself out there. And my next point is, like David, he overcame that discomfort. Mm -hmm. So maybe. Maybe you can mm. put yourself into an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And you'll be uncomfortable for the first 10, 15 minutes. And then it might start feeling a little bit better. So, yeah. A I lot of people don't are scared to go there. I, I, I mean, Schitt's Creek, I saw a meme recently on Instagram. And it's a picture of them at the wedding. So. Okay. David, Patrick, Moira, the dad, all of them. And it says something like, um, whenever you're having a shitty day, remember this. The world has been here for 4.5 billion years, but you're living in the time of Shit's Creek. Oh, hectic. So it's okay. like, but it's, it's probably the, the most just real, honest yeah. series I've watched. But the amount of scenes that specifically David and sometimes Alexis has, that is so real. Mm. And I'm like choking up sometimes. Like, mm. what the hell? It's, and it, yeah, it's relating to it's a real phenomenal day all because day. they also took the role of David and gave him all the awkwardness and social anxiety. Yeah, all of it. He's brilliant though. Jeez, how insane is no. that guy? I've never seen him Amazing. before. Canadian actor, but you know, it's it's the real dad son. Y yes, you said so. Yeah. Yeah. And then Twilight is the real sister. Well, that I didn't know. No, yeah. so all that three out. of them are in there, and it was. But the idea when they set out to do this is Dan, the, the David Rose, um, and his dad. I think it's Eugene, Jim's dad from mm. American Pie. Mm. They set out. He, David said, uh, sorry, Dan, David set out to tell a story without any preconceived mm. bullshit about just two guys meeting and doing their thing. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. It I is, love it. Adele said to me now, we need to watch it again. 
I'm on the episode. I watched the episode last night, but it's so funny because I'm watching it in bed with earphones on, so there's no sound to anybody else. Yeah. And I just burst out laughing. It's the scene where he has an oopsie daisy. In his, <laughs> do you remember bed. that? <laughs> oh, Flip, I haven't laughed that. It's when he walked to the bathroom and said, "We can never see each other again." <laughs> this sometime. is divorce, and they haven't even married each other. They're like, "No, we can't divorce." Oh no, it was Flip, so good. I laughed. And I watched. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole a few weeks ago, days ago. I don't know. And looking for bloopers. On, oh, yeah? Because some of the best behind-the-scenes bloopers is from Friends. The Friends bloopers are iconic. I mean, it's just, you can go for days. But I couldn't find many on Schitt's Creek. The David character is very kind of subdued yeah. all the time. Ro- Ro- Roland, yeah. the mayor. Oh, he's brilliant. He's, he's from, a fucking hoot You know, on I, the tried to, I recognized him and I tried to find it. It's from uh, something about Mary. He acts in something about what, Mary. What role does he have? He's the guy with all the weird stuff on the face. Like. Oh, wow. Yeah, anyway, go Google it. Yeah. Because he's brilliant as well. He's, but in all the outtakes, his, he is just, he's oh. always the one that making the jokes and cracking things. It, it's, no, I, was, I wasn't too keen to watch it initially, mm. but I, I missed the first episode. I was away when, when we started okay. that. And I started, and the first three or four episodes, I'm like, oh, this mm. is a bit flat and shallow, but the moment you hook onto the characters, no. but that's the realness. Yeah. And I think... From social media to work to people, we need real in this world. 100% G. It's just gone complete batshit crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that's like you going back to the logistics team. I think just looking at them now, they, mm. they are super real. Mm. Like none of these girls are wearing makeup at the moment. Like oh. They are just who they are. They come mm. in here, they do their thing. Um, we take our shoes off under the desk, don't tell Jono. <laughs> but like that, we just, we just mm. enjoying it because yeah. we're just a little group of real people mm. and it goes for the rest of us yeah. as well. I think, I think it's got to do with a safe space and it was great. I think the, the old thing that people have said and all around is you've got to leave your problems at home. Mm. I don't prescribe to that. Like Candace, for example, called in a, a duvet day today. Yeah. So she messaged me this morning early, 5, 5 o'clock, 5.30, hi, taking a, a duvet day with a smiley face. And then, like we said, I asked her, that's cool. Are you okay? Do you need anything from us? Mm. No, 100%, I'm good, thank you. Done and go. Done, go. That being able to do, and obviously she's not having a shitty day. She's in a smiley, happy mood, and I'm very happy for that. Mm. But there's no conceivable way that you can expect any of your logistics team or the guides or anybody to, to, to always walk through the door and be 100% okay. Not at all. That is not how humans work. So as long as everyone's understanding that you should be comfortable enough to come to me or anybody and say, listen, I'm having a shit day. I'm going to do my work. Just please leave me alone as much as possible. And that shouldn't be an issue. I think that's cool. Hey? Like, I mean, T had an off day last week and mm. she sent us a message and yeah. she said, I'm having a shitty morning. Please don't ask any questions. I don't want to talk about that's it. That's it. Done. Fine. Respect. But at least Done. she said it. Yeah. The real ecosystem allows for that yeah. and if you don't that's when people are like oh god so she's a bitch today what the fuck <laughs> and that, that's the problem but you can't you can't and i've said this in the past liz had a bad knee she couldn't walk into the office and leave a bad knee at home yeah i wake up with a bit of anxiety or depression or i'm just down yeah i can't leave it at home no but having a real ecosystem that allows for that yeah i think that's the gold yeah I, I, yeah i think we're onto something yeah mm. and i think like i wish more guests 
would come and visit us in the office yes. just to like absorb what we have. Yeah, we've got so much to give. Just come yeah. in, have a cup of coffee, yeah. absorb it, feel good and go. <laughs> it is, it is. And look, the office is great. The energy I've often, and Johan even said at some stage, we've got to have like days, we have a live stream, like a, a webcam. I don't know what a shit show that would be. Sometimes, yes, but sometimes things get said <laughs> that maybe shouldn't be aired internationally. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it's a lot of people, and I've said to people when they're coming to South Africa or through South Africa, Book an extra night. Mm. We'll come and fetch you. Come on the Gau train to here and come for breakfast or meeting the coffee. It's and one of the reasons why I wanted to do these podcasts with everybody. I mean, Melissa had a go yesterday. She was giggling her way through, which is great. But it's just we. And again, before before COVID, we as guides were the rock stars. Yeah. And it was just. But then the logistics team came into its own. They took over as the rock stars, and now it's a big thing. People understand, even if you look at booking forms, that. Oh, okay. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Candice, Tanya, Emma, whatever. That's coming up. Mm. And the reason I want to do this is for people to get to know people a little bit. And it's something I want to do every six months. Yeah. And it's just, and I haven't had, it's only the fourth one now, but not one thing's been the same. Oh, really? Not one. It's different questions, different, it goes all over the place. I did listen to half of Melissa's yesterday. Mm. Yeah. But that's the thing. It shouldn't be scripted. The initial thought I had very briefly was, okay, here's a list of questions. No. Yeah. It's not the point. Same old, same That's, old. It's people need to see who you are, that they email you and say, okay, cool, this is you, this is Candace. Mm. That's what makes it unique. I think so too. Can't do it otherwise. No. Mm. No. No, it's nice for people to get to know us. How's your studies going? Oh my gosh, gee. <laughs> no, I finished my modules last semester, um, but I'm taking a break this semester. So mm. what are you studying? I'm, I'm starting from scratch mm-hmm. and I'm studying Bachelor of Arts. So I'm still in my first year because I'm doing part-time. Mm-hmm. I think I've now done enough modules to move on to second year. So when you pick it up again, you would be starting second? Yes. What's the outcome? What's the goal? Outcome, the goal is if I do manage to get through these four years, then I'll go into psychology or counseling or something to that effect. Yeah. It's always been in me. Like I've, mm-hmm. always, I've always had this, and I can't help myself. I, I need to help people. Mm-hmm. I need to... I need, it's very to, evident. I need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I need to help. I need to. It's I don't know. Very don't evident. Know. Yeah. So, so that's my that's my goal. Like, because um, I, I like and just let's just jump subjects here quickly. I believe that everybody should have some sort of backup plan. Mm. I mean, we don't want to say that nasty c word, but let's mm. say another pandemic comes around, sure. tourism falls again. Everybody needs to have some sort of backup plan. Yeah. I reckon. But besides that, yeah, I just I just have this little dream of having a coffee shop again because I used to, and in the back of the coffee shop there's a nice little studio or center or something, and can do three or four sessions of counselling or stuff a day. Yeah. I, I I agree two million percent. I would go you one further. I think even when things are going well, everybody needs a second thing. Mm. Everybody needs a second thing. Yeah. Now. That second thing for me doesn't have to be another career or a job or a money-making venture, but you might be obsessed with jiu-jitsu yeah. or with CrossFit or whatever. But it's very difficult to have a singular focus throughout your life, especially where the majority of people in this company's ages, you need a second thing. Yeah, it's. I think there's burnout if you focus on one thing for too long. I think... and. Like we spoke about side hustle, you and yeah, I. Yeah. I believe every single person in this office should have a side hustle. 100%. Because let's say Johan wants to go and start a braai course or do cricket training, which mm. is, is good at. Mm. I would go for that. Mm. Because 
there's, it works twofold. There's, it takes your energy away. This gets time to recuperate. It's, and then, good for your, it's good for your head. And when you come back to this thing, and I know this for a fact because of what I'm doing, yeah. when I then come back to my wild eye stuff, I have to over-index so that I don't make myself guilty that I focus on this, not that. I think it's only upside. So to have a second thing, so I, I take my hat off to you for, for going through the studies. Yeah. Has it been challenging? It's been challenging. It's been challenging because, I mean, it's no secret your hand travels. Mm. So five, six months of the year, I mm-hmm. might be playing single mom as well. Yeah. Um, so it has been challenging, but you f- you find you find a way to make it work. Like the kids, my kids are, they're sweethearts. You know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. But at night, I can sit down, get an hour or two in. And I mean, I'm doing everything online. So mm. everything is online. I is it videos here. and stuff as well? Like watching lectures yeah. or? Yeah. yeah. Well, not watching lectures. It'll be, it, it, what are they called? Like vlogging? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So okay. stuff like that. So there'll be sessions, little snippets of okay. of that. And then you have to refer back to your module, mm. do that. And Q&A online, yeah. I don't think you should wait until you're finished before you start something. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, okay, true, true story. Yo, gee, making me think now. There's still a conversation you and I yeah, need to yeah. have about something else, but yeah. we'll, we won't no, do that online. No, no, we're not going to. We'll keep it a surprise. Indeed element. we will. <laughs> <laughs> no, this semester, it's, my kids have started a new school, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of focus on that at the moment, yeah. just getting them into yeah. um, into a bit of a... Yeah what do you call rhythm. it the rhythm there yeah. and then I'll look at playing some hockey again as well because I used nice. to yeah. Yeah. I must be I, I must go and <laughs> you know that bug assault gun oh, yeah. that shoots the salt <laughs> at the flies first of all insane I think the thing's amazing Flip I had a, I wish I had a video of you Jerry you looked like a Johan f- took a video did he yeah you looked like a jung- like Craig if you're listening crisis Jerry you were nailing jungle I was, it was it. it was I was in my zone <laughs> it was only shooting salt for two meters but that was it <laughs> but at some stage I went inside and to fetch something for, for us and I called Josh I said bring the gun I said okay there's a couple of ones to stay here. I'm finding salt in the strangest places he must have been shooting fucking everything <laughs> like I, this morning I take a glass from the top I was like what is this oh. so I think he went to town on those flies but he shot salt everywhere but that bug salt thing is phenomenal no that is it's, so cool how cool are those I was things? amazed at that and it's, Johan wanted one. He was asking me to buy him one for Christmas. I'm like, I'm he not. showed it to me before Christmas yeah, when you guys yeah, were there. Yes. And I'm like, this is, no, I need one immediately. So I went and had a look and I was like, I'm not buying you a fly gun <coughs> for Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's better things. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So thanks, Bugasalt, for the sponsor. But yeah. we are now nailing it. it I'm surprised. It's it's actually really fun. In fact, I think flies will be like extinct by 2024. The way your kids are going, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, man. And tell me, I mean, so... Beginning of the new year, do you have things in mind? I mean, not resolutions, but what do you want to do this mm. year? I don't do resolutions because mm-hmm. I don't have the, what's the word, like commitment. I never follow through on those. Mm. So I have a few goals and um, a few things I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I'll start hockey again. So one of my goals, nice. obviously, is just to start. And thank you. I know you had a hard chat to me last year, but I'm going to start paying more attention to myself little bit this year and I think um, it's going to be an easier process because our team is growing and maybe mm. my workload is is not taking it home mm. every night now yeah maybe we should have just maybe we should have started with something like this but what exactly do you do here and how did it change from last year to now well let's start at the start right so 2019 <clears throat> started here uh, and that's basically when Laura Tammy and Tanya were still running the show mm-hmm. doing Absolutely everything. Yes. I mean, Laura has gone through every department in this mm-hmm. office. Um, so I took over from Tams 
and took over scheduled tours departures and Masai Mara. Right. And then from there, we went into 2020. We had another recruit, Zander, which was helping with custom travel. Tanya was doing private guided. 2020 came around. That went downhill fast. 2021 was just basically recuperation. We entered 2021 without... Oh, no, we still had Zander. Mm -hmm. 2022, we entered without Zander. So then just myself and Tanya. Um, It's crazy to think now. My goodness. And so between the two of us, we were managing basically four divisions obviously with the help of Laura and yeah. Andrew as well chipped in but majority of the paperwork and admin was on us and then we recruited Candace and Emma and they were just godsend at the time um, from there I stepped into only Mara Candace took over scheduled Emma took over customs and Tanya just runs her her private yeah and from there since people have been able to travel again, we've seen a massive uptick in inquiries. Mm. And that's that's why the team's growing, basically, because we are just getting almost too many inquiries to put out mm. results. Yeah. Yeah. So before we drop a massive ball and lose people, yeah. um, let's just yeah. try and manage So would you, would you be kind of, what, manager of logistics? Or? So my signature does a logistics manager, but like I sent a handover email to some of the clients that Randy saw that. and Candice have done. And it's it's more of a support, isn't it, GM? Mm, you jump in where you can. Yeah, I jump in where I can, I support, I train where I can. Mm. Um, I've never been a believer that... And this is coming from lodge days. Like mm. myself and Johan used to manage lodges for a living. Mm. We know that. Mm. I don't believe you can enforce authority. No. That is not my management style. Mm-hmm. I believe that people need to trust you in order to yeah. follow you. Yeah. It's not It's not going to mm. work if that isn't. Oh. So, yeah, support. I'm almost... I mean, this, and I've, I've told this to you and a few people, but for me, a manager works for the staff, not the other around. 100%. So I'm willing, I literally, if I'll be in the middle of something, you ask something, drop and go. Because if you empower your people, and I see that in you as well, like you could do whatever, but your staff's there, you help them, not the yeah. other way around. Yeah. That's how you, it's one person versus four. Yeah. You help those four, you're going to win. In Botswana, we used to have, I can't remember what the program was, oh, it was an understudy, it was called an understudy. So as an expat working in Botswana, you mm-hmm. had to take on a um, local employee or... Like a student. A student, basically. And that understudy, they can decide what they want to become. Johan's oh. understudy started at Waitering, he became one of the top bomb and he's now working <laughs> at... I want to say Shatabi or Kitchery. He's like one of the really great lodges. Nice sure. names, Mr. B. So Mr. B, Mr. B pours the best drinks in Botswana. <laughs> and then my understudy, Dudu, she started at a curio shop manager and she's now a manager sure. at a lodge. So That's like, cool. just taking a step back, that for me in Botswana, that hit my sweet spot because mm. that is like exactly yeah. what I want to do. I want to take somebody, help them to become the absolute best version that they can put out there using their skills and their tributes and stuff. And then we can reverse to about 15 minutes ago about you studying, helping people <laughs> and so on and so forth. So I think there's, there's, there's a reason behind all of that. Yeah, I'm drawn to it. I can't help myself. I think it's DNA. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have, no, I have no idea. I just know from a, like even in university, my lecturers used to, they used to call me the harmonizer. <laughs> I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad yeah. thing at that time. Sounds like a Marvel hero of sorts. <laughs> I know, right? But it, it and um, yeah, it was just because I, I seem to resolve conflict in the class. Mm. 
without trying kind yeah. of thing. So that that sort of stuck with me through the years and and it's only just surfaced again. And I'm like, maybe I can use that. Mm. I mean, if that was what was seen mm. in me and I have that, let's use it and see how we can move forward. But often I think, look, I'm not a big believer on destiny and fate. I like to think that I have choice in my own destiny and future. Mm. However, it is interesting, like you said there, that you had that then and now it's resurfacing. Maybe it's the right message at the wrong time. Yes. Maybe it's the right opportunity at the wrong time. Maybe it's the wrong opportunity at the wrong time, whatever the case is. Yeah. I mean, I look at my own journey as well, very similar. But for you as well, having that there and it's resurfacing now. And I think we need to pay attention to those things. Not so just too. you and me, everybody. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's that one comment that someone made to you years ago. And you're like, shit, mm. that's actually so true about myself. Go and fetch that, dig that out mm. and use it. Yeah. It was like you said, yeah. just the wrong message mm. at the wrong time. I had a very phenomenal analogy yesterday. I'm consuming a shit ton of content, audio, video, podcast, reading, right? So there's a lot, but then something in the line of like, in order to get the most out of who you are, you have to be able to see your reflection, who you, mm. who are you? Mm. Look in the mirror, look in the water, whatever. Mm. And if you're looking in the water and it's calm and gentle, then you can see what it is, but you can't see reflection in boiling water. Yeah. That to me, I'm yeah. like, ah, and it's not just anger and rage, it's other things as well. If you're not focused on it, if you have past trauma, you've got anxiety, but all these things make the water boiling. Yeah. And you can't see reflection in that. Yeah. And maybe, it's not always a bad thing, maybe a lot of our water, yes, I'm trying to milk this analogy now, <laughs> but a lot of our water over the years is boiling and you need to cool down first. Yeah. And you get comfortable with the heat and the temperature, it cools down, yeah. then you can see what you need to see. So. Or even... Compared to a stream, fast flowing, mm. some areas are slower. Go to some, the pond. Exactly. Anyway, before we go too deep, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. We'll do this again. And um, yeah, if anybody has questions, get hold of Judy. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.